Wow. Uh, we're live. We're, we're going live. This is Cop On Live. Uh, live across YouTube, live across Twitter. And of course, you, you might be listening to the audio version, in which case, welcome, welcome and welcome. And welcome to my guests. We've got uh, Jack uh, from Jack Mac TV. Absolutely sublime to have you with us, Jack. And we've got Abdul from, uh, from Watch underscore LFC on Twitter at watch underscore LFC, the brilliant Abdul. And we've got Ryan who's in Toxteth. Ryan, it's absolutely brilliant that you're here too. Um, you know, if you're on the audio version of this, maybe you don't know that I'm I've got a I've got a face like a giraffe. And I wonder how, Ryan, I'm gonna start with you, how your face is and how your mind is and how your soul is after that very emotionally exhausting game of football manchester city came to anfield came away with a point phew i don't know i'm knackered how are you face uh it's jealous i would like to be a giraffe also or a rhino or a bear or a velociraptor uh mind a little bit frustrated really wish we'd have been able to hold on to our lead for a little bit longer particularly in the second half uh when we went 2-1 up and then my soul all right I kind of made my peace with it. I said that half time I'd be happy with a draw. A full time, I'm less happy with it, but I can't really complain. Yeah, there's not so much to complain about. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's it. When the dust settles, this will feel like a good point, especially after that first half. Abdul, how are you? How is your brain, your soul, your mind, your heart, all of it? Uh, I'm good in general, to be fair. Uh, thanks for asking. But yeah, just to. Absolutely fantastic game of football from both teams. Uh, Premier League at its finest. Some superb goals in there. Gutted we didn't get the win. Gutted, to be honest, since we took the lead twice. And they were such special goals from us. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't really complain. I feel that City probably did deserve it uh, at the end of the day. But yeah, like, uh, just, yeah, still a bit, uh, yeah, just tired from watching such an intense second half. Yeah. I totally understand, but you're right. It was a brilliant, brilliant game of football. And there were lots of people who would say it was, it was a fair result, I believe. I'll get up the, the stats now. I mean, in this 2-2 draw, um, Liverpool had uh, six shots in total, four on target. Man City had 12 shots with three on target. And there are those who would say, Jack, that, you know, it was a fair result in the end, 2-2. But if there's one player, Jack, who deserves to be on the winning team. That's Mo Salah, magic man Mo, with his yeah. magic boots. I don't know what fairy dust he put on his boots, but his toes were twinkling like crazy out there. Uh, talk yeah. to me about Mo Salah and how are you feeling? Run out of superlatives, every single... You just run out of superlatives, describe the man. Um, week in, week out, he performs... Um, don't know how he's not signed a contract rush yet. Um, need to get that sorted ASAP. But as the lads have alluded to, it was a, a mental game of football, um, especially in that second half. I think we'll be dis disappointed that we couldn't quite hold the lead. Um, but yeah, that second goal, probably one of my favourite goals I've seen in recent times. Obviously, we can remember that Torres strike, that one goal of the year in the Premier League that year. But uh, frankly, if Messi scored that, everyone would be ranting and raving. And it's about time he started to get a bit more recognition outside of Liverpool and a lot more credit because he is the elite level. And at the minute, he's probably 
the most informed player in the whole of Europe, and uh, he's got the stats to back it up. It's. I just did my review for Blood Red, uh, the Blood Red channel, and I compared him to you know that that night in eighteen eighty nine when Vincent Van Gogh um, had a had a few spare oil paints, and he decided to go out at night after a couple of absences and paint the sky. It's that sort of level of genius. This is Mo Salah in his pomp. Um, Abdul, I'm going to go back the other way. Mo Salah, how the heck did he do that, Abdul? Is that just something that, you know, you you will maybe possibly understand having watched it 10,000 times? Absolutely magic. I'm not even going to lie. I've got to hold my hands up. I think in the first half, I was giving him a lot of flack for his first touch. I thought he's uh, kind of just not on on ball and then out of nowhere he just literally the 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 way he set up um Mane was absolute perfection every single touch that he made was literally on point and then the pass at the end of that to slide it in for for Mane was absolutely pinpoint um and then the goal itself my god like I think everybody's saying it now um but yeah I think Mo Salah is undoubtedly the best player in the world at this very particular moment and the Ballon d'Or ceremony is coming up in a few months. I think it's incumbent upon every single Liverpool fan to start the propaganda machine. Uh, right now, there isn't there isn't like a standout. Like over the last few years, you can say Messi or Ronaldo. They are one of the best players in the world. Maybe last year you could say Lewandowski. But right now, Mo Salah definitely holds that crown. And we need to start the media propaganda machine. We need to spread the word far and wide. Mo Salah is the guy. Right now in world football, he's absolutely unstoppable. And even when I, because uh, I posted a tweet saying, "Oh, I prefer Riyad Mahrez," uh, blah blah blah, he just he just shuts me up every single time. So I can't I can't <laughs> even uh, say anything at the moment. So yeah, Mo Salah, best player in the world. Best player in the world. Look at the, look at those stats. I mean, this is before today. Um, six games. Uh, all, all six games in the Premier League before today, five goals and two assists. So now he's on seven games, six goals, three assists. It's it's crazy stuff. And the Champions League, three goals and two games. Um, Ryan, there is this thing about the contract um, sort of looming distant, the distant horizon, really. It is... There is a dark, a dark cloud in, in, in that distant horizon that will only go when he puts pen to paper. But for now, I mean, he's in dazzling sunlight. We can appreciate this man who is, you know, it's, it's, he's up there with Da Vinci. He's up there with, with, with Vincent. He's up there with Pablo. Uh, what, 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 what can you say about Mo, Magic Man Mo? So he's amazing. He's our best attacking player, possibly our best player. I would, I would like to, to just pump the brakes a little bit on calling him the best player in Europe or the world because I think that's Lewandowski. Uh, that guy's been on a goal-scoring run that I've never seen before. Um, but that very special talent aside, I think he's absolutely incredible. He, he, the amount of times from since he's come in that he's managed to dig us out of bad situations, put us in amazing situations. Like, he, yeah, he's just incredible. And, and the sooner we get his contract sorted, obviously the, the sooner that pressure goes away. But at the same time, looking at his performances this season, I don't think he's worrying about it. I'm I'm not convinced that Klopp's worrying about it. I think it'll get done. But 
it's a question of when rather than if, and we need to stop worrying about it. I, 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 I wish I had your faith. I don't know. I, I'm a little bit worried about it. John Moore is, is, is sent us a message uh, on, on YouTube Say big up, guys. Hope you're all well. YNWA, say to you, John, wonderful to have you with us. Uh, do feel free to uh, contribute. Keep, keep uh, sending in those messages. Great to have you with us. Um, yeah, Robert Lewandowski, you can see his stats on the screen. Seven goals and six uh, in six matches. His first six matches in the Bundesliga and four goals. In two matches, you could say, you could argue that Lewandowski is on the same level as Mo Salah, but goodness gracious, Mo Salah, going back to him, Mohamed Salah Ghali, I don't know how to pronounce it, please send me an email with how to do it, um, you know, because he's just unbelievable, he's unbelievable, um, yeah, uh, wow, uh, there's so much we can look at in terms of the performance then, I want to zoom in on on this one, if I can, hang on, let me just try and make it bigger. This was the opening 14 minutes of the match. Abdul, I'm just going to keep going back and forth on my order here. So the first 14 minutes of the match, right, Liverpool had one shot, City had zero. Um, and we had 56% possession, they had 44% possession. It's easy to look back at that first half as where it ended, which I'll show you here, which was that, um, you know, at halftime, we'd still had that same one shot that wasn't on target that we got in the first 15 minutes. So we'd, we'd at halftime, we'd only had one shot, none on target. Whereas City, so in the last 30 minutes of the first half, they, they had amassed seven shots with only one on target. Um, Abdul, what can we learn from that first half? Because for me... A player who really needed to step up in this game and unfortunately didn't in the first half was Henderson because I looked at his passing accuracy. It was down at 50%. And usually Jordan Henderson has 86% passing accuracy. So it's a massive, massive drop off for his level. And, you know, he tried, for example, that long ball over, uh, over Diaz's head uh, towards... Sadio Mane, and, you know, I think he tried it three times, all unsuccessful. Um, not that I want to single him out particularly, because I think generally we were quite lacklustre. But why, in your opinion, were we so lacklustre, Abdul? What went wrong in that first half, or at least the last 30 minutes of the first half? So, yeah, uh, really good um, areas of the match that you've highlighted. I think that first 14 minutes in particular... Uh, I noticed that both teams were trying to make, uh, they had, they both had game plans going into this match. Obviously they both have game plans, but it was very clear to me that they were both trying something tactically. Um, Salah was playing as a nine for a lot of that first 14 minutes while Jota was out right wing. And for City as well, they had Foden out at the left wing with Grealish playing as the nine, which is completely unorthodox for both teams. Um, and both teams, I felt, in the first half in general, weren't at their very best. Um, but Liverpool, particularly, after the, that first 14 minutes, I thought we were quite bright in the first 14 minutes. But after that, for the rest of the half, it was a very frustrating performance. We really couldn't string together more than five passes in midfield. We didn't look like we had any kind of route of playing through midfield and getting up into the attack. 
we were playing a lot of long balls um, into the channels for the strikers to kind of run onto. And the strikers themselves, they weren't really giving a lot to the performance. Um, Salah, like I said, I thought he was poor for most much of the first half. Um, and it just kind of looked like the commentators were saying it. We looked um, lethargic. We didn't have that much energy. It was quite noted that, you know, we've played this team, the same starting lineup pretty much for our last two games this week as well. And City also did the same thing. They only changed Sterling, I think, in the midweek compared to this match. But yeah, it was a really weird first 45 minutes and a lot of Liverpool fans were frustrated and rightly so. Um, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just um, they were just both trying to play a bit safe. It's a bit cagey and players are just missing touches. But it, Jordan Henderson performance in general, uh, I think for the entirety of today, but especially in the first half, I thought he was really poor. I think the magnifying glass was on him for the first time in a long time properly from a lot of fans and quite rightly so. He was trying a lot of long balls over the top or or his trademark like um, little dink ball when he gets it in the right half space and tries to dink it into the far post. And it just wasn't really coming off for him. A lot of balls are misplaced, like you were saying. And I think it is not just this match. I think I think Jordan Henson, this season is a very existential season for him. We have a lot of talent in midfield. Uh, Harvey Elliott, uh, unfortunately, got the injury. Curtis Jones is coming through. Naby Keita wants to stake a claim for once. Thiago wants to, you know, show what he's here for. So I think this season for him, um, after the contract issues as well, I think it's really a, a kind of soul-searching season for Jordan Henderson. I think it's quite possible that he might not be in our strongest starting lineup by the end of the season. Um, and then he might even be like a squad player going forward beyond that. So... I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've, personally, I've got to hold my hands up. I've never been the biggest fan of Jordan Henderson, but I appreciate him and I respect him. So, yeah, it's it's down to him to to really prove to us that he has benefits going forward. But, yeah, it just wasn't a good match from him today in general. Well, it's very interesting. It's a very interesting summary. Thank you for that. I mean, I love Jordan Henderson. I, I think generally he's done, he's done very well. I brought up some stats, though, for the whole team in the first half on the screen and if you're on the on the audio version i'll try and explain them a little bit we have a column on the left which is uh passing uh accuracy and jordan henderson as i mentioned before is down at 50 percent is is quite far by far and away the worst in the team but he had 30 touches the column on the right for the for the people who are watching you can see on the left and on the right um is the it, it, this is the amount of total amount of touches that each player got and so you mentioned how quiet Salah was in the first half and you know generally our attack was Mohamed Salah only touched the ball 20 times in the first half Diogo Jota 16 times Sadio Mane 20 times and this is below average uh, especially for Liverpool and uh, quite surprisingly Fabinho only touched the ball 17 times and normally as the sort of holding midfielder he'd be expected to get a lot more of the ball um Jack Abdul was talking about you know the the midfield there being being a big problem in the first half and you know do do, do you see it that way what 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 went wrong for you what could we improve on yeah, it was very disjointed, even for being, you know, but a lot of credit does have to go to Manchester City's first half. Such technically gifted players um, that are above and beyond our midfield lot, especially Henderson, not on par with De Bruyne or Bernardo so in terms of technically technical quality on, on football pitch. But yeah, it's uh, yes, you've you got to applaud City for how 
dominant day where I think Guardiola going in at time will be deeply disappointed that he didn't at least punish us a lot more. We've already looked at the stats there, mate. But yeah, from a defensive point of view, uh, Milner had a torrid time all day. Uh, yes, Foden absolutely turned him inside, left, right, up, down and everywhere um, down that flank. But the defensive liability, like it was for the Milan goals as well, the way Milan just strutted into our half and were allowed to, with with ease really, um, Henderson, uh, defensive liability down the right-hand side. Even when Trent is playing, uh, we've seen it at Brentford as well. Um, there was so much space and it's up to the midfield players Yes, when you defend, we defend as a whole team, not just a back five. The midfield and the forward players have got to get back into their positions. But considering that Milner, was, we all know he's a midfielder, he did his best, obviously, on the goal of Foden. Yes, he could have been a bit out, a bit more wider. But Henderson, for me, switched off far too many times today. Um, I don't know, as you alluded to there, I mean, he'd give a lot of possession away, 50% in terms of that statistic there. It was frankly not good enough for him, and he'll be kicking himself anyway. Um, but it could have been a lot more dangerous in that first half if City were a lot more switched on in the key areas. You would have it easy, most definitely, put two or three goals past us. Can I just ask? Um, one of the things that we've all appreciated about Henderson is his mm. defensive work, and somehow this season, I mean. Giving the ball away going forward, I don't, I don't care so much about that from Henderson. But mm. the fact that he's not doing the defensive work, I don't know where that's come from. What do you guys think? Um, it's is he scared to get injured? I don't know. Everyone in chat as well, uh, coming back from such a, an injury uh, and the minute he's played, is it psychological for me? I watched it today. He wasn't challenging those proper getting his foot in. It's very unlike. I love Hendo. I love him to bits. Um, I think he's caught up in two minds. I'm not so sure. I don't think he's 100% fit. I think we saw him miss a lot of football last season. Doesn't play in midfield from December onwards. Doesn't play at all from February onwards. Um, has been slowly integrated back into the team. I don't think he plays the first two and then comes in for the Chelsea game, is it? I'm not convinced he's 100% yet. Um, and I, I hope I'm, I hope I'm right because if I'm wrong, then it, it's a much bigger issue. You know, I heard someone talking about him saying his legs were gone. I don't think we're at that stage with him. Um, but it, but his performance today was poor. Yeah, I, 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 I think he was a lot better in the second half. I've got some some more things to share with you here uh, because you know the brilliant fbref.com. It really is a wonderful st- site if you want to get some stats and. Jordan Brian Henderson, who today is uh, 31 years and 108 days old. This is how uh, how detailed FB Ref is, which is amazing. Um, you can see all of the minutes he's played. Um, if I look just in the just in the Premier League, um, his most for Liverpool. Uh, well, since 2014-15, when, when he played 3,256 minutes in 2014-15, his most since then was actually the 1920 season when we won the league. But even then, it was it was 1,000 minutes less. It was 2,238 minutes all season in the Premier League. And, uh, you know, to compare it to, for example, Vijnaldum, I can't remember the exact stats, but he was roughly 3,400 minutes or something like that, maybe even more, just in the Premier League. So, he's, you know, he's playing two-thirds of a season 
in the 1920 season when we won the league. And then in 2021 season, last season, he only played 1,704 minutes. So that equated to 20 starts and one substitute appearance. And it's 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 not enough for him. Um, I think that this season he's he's now played five, had five starts and one substitute appearance. And it's, yeah, I, I think you're right, Ryan. I think it, it will take him a little bit of time to get back there. Um, in terms of the defensive contribution, I don't have the, the, the whole thing in front of me um, in terms of this season. But, but what I do have in front of me is his defensive stats compared to other midfielders in the last 365 days. And surprisingly, for pressing and tackling, he is in the third percentile for pressing and the second percentile for tackling. So 98% of all midfielders in in uh, Germany, in France, in Spain, in England and in Italy, 97% of midfielders are better than him at pressing, or at least do it more, and 98% uh, are better at him than him at tackling. So, wow, those those are quite surprising. He is in the 82nd percentile for clearances, which is pretty good. But then it's more like the passing. That's his game. I mean, you know, he says himself he's not a number six, he's a number eight. And if you look at his attempted passes, he's in the 98th percentile on the positive side. He's in the top 98% for passes attempted per match. Um, His pass completion is 86.6% usually in the past year and his progressive passes is, is in the uh, also in the 97th percentile with 7.29 progressive passes that's passes that travel more than 10 yards towards the opposition goal uh, 7.29 per match in the 97th percentile for that so that's a couple of brilliant things from jordan um i i think he's a great player i really do but i just think he's yeah he, he does look a little bit off it i mean alan uh, in Copon last week, he was worried that Jordan's lost his legs. He said it, you know, like, you know, for Alan, he's already gone. But I don't know. I still have faith. I, th- I think Jordan can find his rhythm. And, you know, those genius passes are the things that I really love. Those really creative passes that he never gets enough credit for. Um, but, yeah, OK. Hendo, what else can we talk about? We can talk about the good stuff in that first half. I mean, we can go through the team uh, a little bit. Um uh, Ryan, I'm going to go back to you. Um, Alison Becker, Alison Ramesses Becker, whose birthday it was yesterday, he's 29 years old now. Um, he could have taken a, a step to his left and he could have stopped Foden's shot. But let's give Foden credit. It was a brilliant goal, unfortunately, their equaliser. But otherwise, he, he was absolutely terrific in thwarting the young Simeon Phil Foden on a number of occasions today. Uh, what did you make of his performance? Yeah, I thought he was great. Um, for for large parts of that game, he does keep us... I don't want to say in it, but he does keep us in it. Um, <laughs> his, his passing is... He has that thing that Xabi Alonso always seems to have where he's got that extra split second on the ball. So even when he's getting pressed, he can delay that pass just a little touch more and then play it. He doesn't give you the jitters, Ryan, a little bit, because he does me sometimes. Never. I'll be honest. When when you're getting the jitters, I'm like, he's about to do this player. 
Like he's just gonna like knock the ball behind his own standing foot, send him the, the shot to get a Mars bar and the Snickers, and and then play like a perfect seventy yard assist for the goal. And obviously that doesn't always happen, but um, his control of the ball, his reading of the game, his anticipation of movement is second to none in football. I think he is the best all round goalkeeper in the world. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the guy on the opposite end, you know, um, what's his name? Edison. Edison. He's also, he's also one of them. I mean, he's also Mike very talented. talented, yeah. But, uh, you know, so Brazil. They're, they're, I think they're... it's a choice between those two, the, the two Brazilians, uh, Jan Oblak and Manuel Neuer. And there's not, like, I think Oblak might be the best shot stopper of them, but I think all round, Alisson's the best. I think I think I agree. I, in fact, I know I definitely agree. Andy's middle name's Ramesses, which I can't believe. It's so good. His name's Allison. He's got a brother called Muriel. I don't know if he's got a sister called Steve, but he should have if he doesn't. Abdul, James Milner, going through the just go through the team. James Milner, what did you make of his performance today? Wow, you gave me a good one, Owen. Um, I mean, he did what he had to do. Trent is out. We don't really have another top right back to throw in. Um, so I can't throw too much shade onto James Milner, but in that first half, when I saw uh, Jack Grealish playing as more of a nine and Foden at left wing, I just kind of put my head into my hands because Grealish, he'll hold on to the ball. He's a great dribbler, absolutely. Um, but I know that Foden is just so explosive with his movement. He doesn't even care about trying to dribble or do a step over. He'll literally just go right beyond Milner. And that's what he did. He ran on the ragged. It was like watching uh, somebody control, like watching Milner today, it was like watching somebody being controlled by Quop. If you guys have ever, ever watched Quop uh, or played it, it's like <laughs> where you can control the movements of each limb with like one button. But yeah, <laughs> he just ran ragged by Foden all day. So, um, I mean, fair play to him for uh, sticking it out and doing his duty. But it wasn't his best performance. And I think Roy Keane put it best at the end of the match when he said um, he's going home in an ambulance. So, uh, yeah, oh, um, okay. it, it wasn't amazing. But what can you do, to be honest? Um, Phil Foden was just absolutely excellent. Um, and, yeah, I'll just use this moment just to say Phil Foden, my God, genuinely the best best young player I think England have ever produced, hand on heart. And that, that is pain, pain acknowledgement to uh, Wayne Rooney when he was at Everton when he's really young. But yeah, Phil Foden, I think, is just absolutely gravy. Yes, but Raheem Sterling. Oh, Raheem Sterling. No, Raheem Sterling can't kick a football. I've, I've been saying this for years. He's a wonderful footballer, apart from well, the fact class. that he can't kick it. Um, you know, he's he's brilliant, he's dazzling, he's strong, he's you know, he's he's smart, he gets he gets the ball moving, he's he's you know, really dangerous. But when it comes to actually kicking the football, he can't do it for toffee. But yes, you young whippersnappers here, you won't you won't remember though I mean I'm not an England fan by any by any stretch of the imagination, but a young Paul Gascoigne Foden is Foden up there with Gascoigne. Maybe, maybe, but it's a bit of a stretch for me. Gascoigne was, uh, you know, pulling up trees. He was, you know, chopping them up, and then he was sort of, you know, having them as a, as a, as an afternoon snack with, you know, a, a glass of wine or whatever he was into. Um, but anyway, Jack. Oh, sorry. Before we move on from James Milner, Abdul, 
Um, I thought James Milner, I thought Klopp did a really interesting thing with James Milner by keeping him on when the ball went out for a throw-in. And that led to, was it our our second goal in a way? Like he was a little bit instrumental in one of the goals anyway. And I thought that was a good bit of management from Klopp. And I thought Milner, I don't know if you're, if I think you're being a little bit harsh because he was against Foden and Grealish at times in the first half. And then, uh, you know, he was also exposed in the second half a bit. But um yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. It wasn't his best game, but I just thought that was a good bit of management from from our Jurgen. What did what did you make of that? Yeah, I thought he was about to be sent off. So I think Klopp's main <laughs> idea was to try and get him off as quick as possible. But um, yeah, I think Milner just took the throw in really quickly. And yeah, I think from that throw in, we did score the second one, didn't we? Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, if if it was Klopp just thinking, ah, oh, just just play the qu- uh, throw in quickly, then that's a master stroke from Klopp. But um, yeah, I could. It was, uh, it was funny watching Pep go completely insane on the bench because it they, was they, never a red card. Well, okay, well, I mean, okay. <laughs> if I can just step in here, because yeah, I've been I've been go itching ahead. to talk about this more than anything else about the game. Because City do my fucking tits in. All of this, Phil Foden going down under minimal contact, and then. Like looking like he's just had all of his Christmas presents robbed off him when the ref doesn't give a penalty. Guardiola throwing a shit fit on the touchline because he hasn't had someone sent off or is twice, twice nonsense. I'm sick of it. I hate him. I, I really, I respect him. He's well, he's possibly the best manager of the modern era or whatever, but he's also a massive dickhead. And I just wanted to make sure I got it. To, I got to say it. I think massive dickhead is a very, you know, apt assessment of the guy to be and, and his entire team is as well. The the built in his yes. image. Like the, Sterling um, had it when he was at Liverpool, but he's got it more now. Uh that that spat he got into with Gomez on international duty. Bernardo Silva's an absolute fucking scumbag. There, I said it. I've, I've said me piece. Scumbag. <laughs> yeah, I mean you got it. it was no way in the heck, in all heck. Was it a was it a, a a red card? Because was it? I can't remember if it was Bernardo. I think it was Bernardo who was who was being challenged. But he just sort of he ran into Milner and you know fell over his leg. And if I was the referee, I'd make that a red card for Bernardo Silva for trying to get a fellow professional sent off. Because uh, he is like yeah, he's a rat. He's he's and you know they're whiny. They're whiny billionaires, and they they do annoy me the way that they whine, but they are a good team. You know, you can say hats off to them, you know, good players and all that, but yes, their character. Exceptionally talented. But the character is, is something that, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't invite them to your barbecue. You wouldn't hang out with them. You know, if Pep invited you, Jack, uh, out for a, you know, out for, I don't know, a seven up in the Uh, afternoon. I'd definitely not go near that Manchester City team. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, Pep Guardiola, as, as the lads already alluded to, and probably everyone in chat as well, he, he's a brilliant manager, but he, his toys do get out the pram. I know that's why I was gutted that Salah's goal didn't win the game, because just imagine the absolute post-match content we would have got after the game. I haven't seen the post-match from Pep, but uh, I'm guessing he's probably still moaned anyway after the game. Oh, no, he'll be like, you know, 
it's good that he doesn't have hair because you'd think he'd be sort of you know running his fingers through it all the time just going how how marvelous it is to it the character of the team and all that nonsense he'll be, he'll be gushing he'll be gushing the fool uh anyway um where are we we're at james milner uh yeah joel matip anyone want to take joel matip jack maybe you know got, got things to say about that big joel <laughs> It's great when we actually have centre backs playing centre back this year. Obviously, last year, <laughs> Dizzy battered his uh, at home anyway. But yeah, Joel, classic Joel performance. One of the most underrated centre backs in the whole of Europe when he is fit, might to be said. A big, massive if, um, if and when. But yeah, didn't put a foot wrong really today. Um, probably in that first half, it was probably <laughs> the, the running which he made in that first half. It just highlights how poor Liverpool did play. He was stepping into the midfield. He was getting on the edge of the box. And he was looking up, saying, where does everyone? No one was making movements for him. But, yeah, he tried his best to break that line of Man City. But, um, yeah, a great performance from Joel for me today. It really was. I mean, Virgil van Dijk, you could sort of discount him because he never does a tackle because he never needs to. Uh, but uh, Joel Matip, three tackles, four interceptions, two clearances and two blocked shots. Um, a rating on who scored of 7.32, which compared to our other defenders, James Miller got 6.6. Virgil got 6.14. But as I say, forget all of the metrics. This is why no one picked him up until he was about 27 as being the best defender ever. Because he, he doesn't even need to defend. But attackers just run away from him towards the you know corner flag. So, you know, it's fine. Uh, Andrew Robertson, 6.86. So there you go. Joel Matip, 7.32 by far our best defender statistically. But, I don't know, Virgil van Dijk's pretty good, isn't he, Ryan? Best centre-back I've ever seen play for Liverpool. Um, I'll be honest, it was a, it was a easy-to-ignore performance from van Dijk. He does a lot of things right. He, he does a lot of that every time like the ball comes in, he's an absolute magnet for the ball, and it somehow ends up at the, the end of his foot or on his foot. But, he didn't stand out for me today. You know, we have a. I'm looking whenever we get a set piece. I want to see one of those towering headers that he's got in his locker, and I'm yet to see one. And and that'll come with time. Um, but you know, he's not long come back from a long term injury. Um, so yeah, bit of not an underwhelming performance, just an understated one. Is the best way I can put it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's a very good, uh, good analysis. I'd be interested to to to, to look at his uh, passing because uh, in terms of long passing, the it's a stat I've been keeping an eye on. So today he had twelve attempted long balls, and seven of them were accurate. So you compare that to Joel Matip, who had nine long balls and four were accurate. So. Ferdinand was was trying a few more long passes than than usual against City. That was obviously a tactic today. With Joel Matip, who's normally around about five total long balls attempted, Virgil's on normally around nine. So they're significantly more than that. And I thought that was a bit of a tactic from Klopp that didn't really work, but it did get us up the pitch at certain moments. We could just, you know, the midfield is so talented, you could just knock it over them, um, you know, which is which is a fair enough. But yeah, Virgil, okay. I mean, it was, it, I thought it was a good performance, but yeah, he could have done maybe a bit better at, at times. But no, he's a wonderful player. Andy Robert. Robertson Abdul, Andrew Robertson. What did you make of him today? I thought he was uh, I thought he had um him and Joel Massive, I thought were probably our two best players in the first half. Um 
Yeah, there's not much more to say about Andy Robertson. He has come mm -hmm. in for a bit of flack um, at the beginning of the season. Not flack, but like, obviously, Simicast is really impressed out of nowhere. A lot of people are saying, oh, give Simicast a chance. Um, but yeah, I think Robbo, his performance today showed everybody exactly why he's the starting left back. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, yeah, well done, Andy Robertson. More yeah, it's same, curious. Please. It's curious, though, isn't it? Because, you know, at Scotland, you know, you know, with all respect to Scottish fans, their team isn't that good, but they've got two incredible left-backs. You know, they've got Ro Robbo and, and Tierney, who, who's a wonderful player as well. But uh, Robertson gets always, you know, he's the one with the captain's arm, armband. And, you know, it's the way that he plays. He's he's There was that, that time, when was it, Jack? Do you remember... When the crowd was singing Andy Robertson, he did something amazing today. And the I City game, oh, oh, when he just, it was, it was the second half. He really set the precedent, really the press, yes. especially in the first half. He's the one player um, that always, he, he thrives off the crowd. And But yeah, it, when it wasn't going the best in the first half and the second half, Andy was your man. He always will yeah. be. Um, even if he's not playing good, he'll still always give 150%. Um, but yeah, we love Robo, but it's great, obviously, off the back of the portal game. I felt he played, played played well today, um, but he was the one player putting his foot in uh, when he needed to be. Um, and staying with you, Jack, yeah. uh, Fabinho, um, you we saw before he had 17 mm. touches in the first half, he had slightly more 23 touches in the second half, so 40 touches, 85% mm. passing accuracy. One shot, it was on target. Um, mm. I don't really remember it, but okay, <laughs> that's what it says here. And uh, uh-huh, go on. It was, it was a difficult game for the midfield, as we as wasn't allowed to. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry, well. sorry oh. to interrupt. I just remembered, of course, it, he had the one off the line. Rodri yeah. at the end, yeah. Fabinho. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. But sorry, sorry, Jack, go ahead. Talk to us yeah. about Fabinho. Yeah, uh, Joe got chance. It was, I don't think he could have done anything more because he probably anticipated the ball getting intercepted and it fell to his feet. But it was a it was a weird game for Fabinho, not just Fabinho, but Curtis and, and Henderson, as we've, as we've already alluded to before. It was not his best game, um, but I don't think a lot of Liverpool players today, especially in that first half, had their best performance. But uh, Fabinho tries his utmost best, and in that first half, is like it was against Milan. He, he tries his best to defend every single Man City player. He can't pick them all up. But uh, yeah, Fabinho, we'll, we'll let him off today. He didn't have the worst performance, but um, he's put so many great shifts in already this season. So, yeah, great, great answer. Absolutely. We've got the 1892 Reds podcast in the chat. Great to have you with us. Uh, 1892 Reds podcast say that it was never a red. It, it was a yellow, though. LOL. But there you go. And it was never either. It was never either. Look at the angle of the body. He's running into Milner. It's a red card for, 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 for Bernardo for trying to win the you know, trying to get Milner sent off. But anyway, but 1892 said, apart from the two goals conceded, I will take a point. It's been a good start to currently an unbeaten season, which is very true, which is very true. Jesus winded me up today. That's what uh, the 1892 says in the comments here. Diving and fouls, and he should have been booked. Yes, I believe. I believe so. And 1892 says that Fabinho and Henderson 
were poor today but there you go um thanks for all your comments yeah do keep them coming in guys uh curtis jones is next um curtis jones one of the scousers in the team but the only scouser in the team today ryan curtis jones um i thought there was something lacking in his game and that was simply belief and it's hard to quantify and it's hard to know if i'm just sort of projecting or something but it's just something the way that he held himself today was not the same way that he held himself you know recently in his recent performances and and it's to be expected he's young but maybe he should believe in himself a bit more and just try a few things be it be as Klopp said before Matt be a little bit cheeky because he's got it in his locker what do you reckon to Curtis so I thought First half, he has a sense of this is a massive game and I'm the junior member of the team. I need to just do the simple bits. I need to make sure I don't make any massive mistakes. And then I thought second half, and, and again, I think I feel like this is me, just with a little bit of, of scouse bias in, in there. But I thought he, he was like, okay, second half, I'm going to be the guy who does a bit more. And... I, according to me fancy foot, he gets an assist for Salah's goal, which obviously isn't an assist for Salah's goal. It's just a, a, a solo piece of magic. But it, it, what I do want to talk about is it, it showed he had a little bit more of an intent to, to impact the game in a positive manner rather than to not impact the game in a negative one, if you get me. He tried to win the game second half rather than not lose it. Absolutely. But I mean, yeah, I mean... I don't know. In general, did he do enough for you, though, Ryan? In terms of because we know what magic he's got in his boots. He he had, for example, a ninety-three point two percent passing accuracy, which is extremely brilliant for a midfielder. But my point is, he's extremely brilliant in a number of ways, including dropping a shoulder a little bit and 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 being really creative. I mean, I think he's got so much talent, and he just seemed to be a little bit. Too safe today. I don't know. Am I being too yeah. harsh? No, not at all. I think he, he was a little bit too within himself. Um, but that will come with experience of playing in more big games against more big teams. The more times he plays against Man City, the more comfortable he's going to be in games against Man City. Well, OK. I mean, that's a it's, a it's another really good summary. And hopefully, yeah, he can... He can learn that he can be the best player on the pitch every single time he steps out there, you know, apart from magic man Mo. I mean, you know, just a few stats. He had three shots. He had, you know, uh, it said here one shot on target, um, two key passes, including an assist. It's really tough to play against City. And, you know, they had only conceded six shots on target all season before today's game, which is astonishing. That's truly astonishing in six matches. Whereas Liverpool were averaging, I believe, around about eight shots uh, on target faced per game. Um, something like that. So Mo Salah to come in, I know we've already spoken about him. But to come in and put on that performance, I want to talk about the first goal. I can, I can talk about him all night. That first goal, the way he does this little flick, was it over Rodri's leg? And then he's away. And he always makes the right decisions. He made the perfect decision to slide in Sadio Mane and Abdul 
that goal, including the finish. We could talk about Manny as well if you want. But Salah, at the time where you need your best players to be at their best, he was at his very best in that second half, especially. And maybe we should just pass the ball to Mo and we should all forget all tactics and Renus Mikkels and, you know, um, Arrigo Saki and all the whole textbook, the encyclopedias of football tactics that are out there and just give the ball to Mo. What do you reckon, Abdul? I think Mo Salah, <clears throat> as a human being, uh, I think he completely encapsulates the fact that football is a human game. Um, yeah, you can have all your tactics. You can have Pep Guardiola doing this on the sideline and doing all of this blah, 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 and playing inverted eights and all of this. At the end of the day, it's a football game. It's about 11 men on a pitch, and they are ridiculously mentally strong individuals, right? Well, most Salah is stronger than anybody when it comes to his mentality. He doesn't even need to play well to actually score goals. And that's the mental thing about him. He He's the complete personification of that Michael Jordan quote, I think it's Michael Jordan, but, or Wayne Gretzky, sorry. Where it's like, you have to take like a thousand shots. Uh, or if you don't take a thousand shots, then whatever. You, you know the one I'm talking about. You have to take I a thousand. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Michael well Scott. Done. Whenever, well uh, <laughs> Michael Scott, but whenever Salah does something bad in the match, or he takes a bad touch, or he misses a chance, the very next instant, maybe a millisecond after, it's already out of his head. He's he's already focused on what can I do now to 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 get a goal for my team. What can I do to make it better? And then add in the fact that he has the most ridiculous physique in football. <laughs> I mean, when people were moaning about Liverpool's lack of squad depth and talking about oh, we need a backup for Salah. My first thought was, when does Salah ever miss a match? When does Salah ever get an injury? When does he ever get a little niggle that puts him out of a match? He's so he's got so much longevity in his body. He's only thirty now. He's you talk about Ronaldo, you talk about Zlatan going on until their forties. Mo Salah's definitely going to do that easily. So when they're talking about this contract, oh, should we give him however much? Like, oh, he's about to decline. He's not about to decline. He's he's playing himself into his prime right now we are so lucky as a football club to have this individual here to bless us with goals to bless us with the absolute pinnacle of winning mentality in uh elite men's football at the moment so yeah there's there's there are so many superlatives that have been said about him but i think the mentality aspect is something that's not picked up on because i don't think there is a stronger mental footballer in the world than mo salah at the moment and um just quickly on Sadio Mane, uh, I know a lot of people have been uh, slagging him off this season. Uh, a lot of people think it's edgy to say that he's finished or whatever. But I'm pretty sure he might be having his best goal-scoring start to a season ever. I don't know exactly, but it feels like it because I feel like he's scoring a lot so far this season. Here we go with the stats. <laughs> no, yeah, great. I'm going to have a look. Yeah, absolutely. Sadio Mane. Uh, again, we're going to fbref.com. Five now for the season? Uh, four in the in the Premier four, League in sorry. seven matches. No, no, and five uh, five in total with one in the Champions oh, League in two matches. So you're absolutely right. Five in seven games. I don't recall him ever starting a season like that. Um, he's he's. I mean, he even ended last season really well as well. Uh, uh, let's have a look. I mean, 
you know, last season, what did, what, what did he have? 2,810 minutes, um, 11 goals and seven assists. That's in the in the Premier League only. So 31 matches, uh, 11 goals, seven assists. He's going to beat that. He's on four goals already in seven matches. So he's, you yeah. know, two thirds of the games. He's brilliant. Um, what do you make of make of him, Jack? Because I want to bring you into this because we have uh, Sadio Mane to talk about and Diogo Jota, so you can talk about Sadio or Diogo. Yeah, Mane, mate. I think we've talked about Van Dijk coming back into the squad this season, how important he will be. And I think a lot of people forgot about Sadio's quality. Um, he's not become a bad footballer overnight. I think, as the lads have mentioned, he started this season like a house on fire. Uh, if he is continuing this run of form in the next couple of months and season, he puts Liverpool in such a commanded position um, if he is back to scoring what he does best. But the goal as well today, um, yes, we can talk about Salah's brilliant pass to him, but the sheer confidence, uh, watching the replay, he looks at the goal for a split second, keeps his eyes on the ball, and as great attacking forwards always do, they know where the goal is, and he stroked it past Edison with absolute ease. It's not an easy thing to do. We know Edison's quality, mate, but yeah, if he does continue this form in which he has been showing at late, it, it confidence is flowing through him. Goals do that to attacking forwards, um, but he had a brilliant game today. His attacking runs in behind Manchester City's back line uh, to do against Diaz as well. Everyone's waxing lyrical of his brilliance. Rightly so, he's a, he's a good defender. Uh, but Sadio Mane just brushed past him with ease today. And uh, it, long may that continue with. Yeah, excellent answer. Um, he, he only really, you know, it, the way his, his runs work for the whole team is... They're so brilliant. They're so brilliant. It's so wonderful to see. He only had one shot today. Only one shot and one goal. So it's this sort of, you know, the the antithesis of his performance against uh, Leeds, was it? I always forget. There were, there were 10 shots and uh, one goal. But, uh, you know, there is, a, there, is a, there is a way, and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, but, I've, you know, I've meant it for all of my life, that if Sadio Mane puts his whole game together, for 190 minutes, then he's going to get at least five goals, at least, because he's got all of the elements. And it's just like, I don't know, he doesn't always bring it all together. But he had 32 touches only of the football. He scored a goal, that great opening goal. It was very exciting. Um, Diogo Jota had uh, 25 touches of the football in 67 minutes before being replaced by Bobby. What did you make of Diogo Jota, Ryan? So I thought he was poor today, and in a very, you know, he's only ever poor in one way. Is Diogo Jota, where like Mane can be profligate in front of goal, but still you know work his his real end off going backwards and making sure he protects his fullback. Jota, if he doesn't play well, tends to lose the ball quickly, uh, trying to do passes that aren't going to come off, or uh, he just seems to get uh, left. The, the game seems to pass him by. And I thought that he was very much uh, a victim of us. But he passed him in field. I think he does better when we're flowing around him. And then all he has to do is the very clinical stuff at the end. Um, 
and don't get me wrong, he is really good with his pressing. Um, and he does have good passing range to him. He can, you know, I think there are assists there. But it was a difficult game. I'd, I'd much rather have started Bobby in this one. I, I get why he didn't. But yeah, uh, I was disappointed I, by Diogo today. I was thinking the same that Bobby, We, you know, we really saw the team without Bobby Firmino. And it was it's it's going to be sad when Bobby does actually get get phased out because he's so brilliant with everything he does for the team. But is it a question, Ryan, that D- Diogo Joss is actually more naturally suited to it to a role on the left with a creative player like Bobby? Well, with the only there's only one with Bobby playing in the nine and a half. I think so, um, but then you know he, he, we're not likely to drop either Sadio or Mo anytime soon for an extended period of time. I think he does offer something different to to Bobby. I think maybe the thinking today was if we can bypass their midfield and get our front three, because they're all really um, dangerous in front of goal in a way that Bobby hasn't been for a couple of years. If we can get those three into goal-scoring positions, then maybe we can do them like we did in the Champions League. And I think what we lacked then was a little bit more in the build-up as a result. It's yeah, it's a, it's a very good answer. Thank you very much. Um, you know, we could talk about you know Joe Gomez or I don't know, um, you know Bobby Firmino. He did quite well, but um, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it for our for our run through. But I do have a couple more couple a couple more questions if that's okay because I just want to have a quick look to something that is going to very slowly come upon us. I I I. I have a new obsession in life as of yesterday, and that's to watch open university shows from the 1970s uh, produced by the Open University. There are loads of them on YouTube. And I decided to watch the geology of the French Alps and the Swiss Alps and the, the geology of the entire Alp mountain range. And there are these, what happened was this huge African continent, basically, African and Italian continent, when they were, they were both tied together, smashed into the younger, sort of more northern European one, Switzerland and, and stuff. And there was this huge banging together of these continents that pushed, pushed up and, and created the mountains. They are still rising the peaks of these mountains are still rising at a speed of one millimeter per year and that jack is going to seem a lot faster than this international break which i can't believe is on <laughs> is on us again and I'm, I'm just gutted but then after that jack We've got some difficult games, starting like with Watford away. We've got four away games in a row in all competitions. Watford away terrifies the bejesus out of me. How do you feel about it? Yeah, great analogy of that, mate. I can't stand international breaks, and it will be interesting to see how did you cope all these players with the World Cup. I know Klopp does try his best to protect not just as Liverpool players, but football players in general in terms of the the support in which he offers them. Um, but yeah, Watford, we want revenge for what they've done. Probably one of the most angriest games I've ever got angry. Um, go watching that away performance. 
Um, I think Jürgen Klopp probably threw a couple of cheers in that changing room after that game, uh, getting beefed 0 you know. It will be a difficult game. Obviously, Sadio Mane, then I see his mate, uh, Sarah. Um, but yeah, it, it's obviously they've just changed manager, haven't they? Well, they haven't even appointed one, but yeah, crazy decision. But yeah, it, it's newly promoted sides. It, we just got to react in the right way now. Um, obviously, getting a point, we'll find out come the end of the season how important this point will be. But yeah, just on the away away from home, just just continue what we've been doing and uh, just try and get all three points. But yeah, uh, the the away form, I think it will do give a little bit of a respite. Obviously, playing from home, we do play a lot more open away from home teams. Sometimes, depending on who you're playing, um, do tend to come out a bit more and it allows Mo and the likes of the forward lads to get in behind. But yeah, I'm excited, mate. But well, me and you and everyone, all the full content creators, mate, will we'll try and in, get content out for every single red. Because uh, for me, I'm, I'm not a, a, a scouser in me. I don't like England. Uh, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I hate international GCs. And uh, pretty sure the uh, Jürgen and all the, the club managers dislike international football as well. <laughs> no, I've, I mean, it's not just because my international teams are rubbish, Wales and Malta. I've always found international football just to be a level below because their players don't, they've, they've never met each other. You know, they just vaguely heard of each other and they're supposed to play games together after three days of training. It's nonsense. Oh, and there's a quick yes. one, Owen, sorry, as well. I think, I don't, don't know uh, what to... Uh, the, the, obviously, Alisson and Fabinho, I think, have been selected for Brazil. And um, we'll see in the next coming days and weeks what the ramifications of that, uh, whether they have to isolate. I know Klopp spoke yes. about, obviously, double vaccinated, but obviously the current climate in which football players and everyone in world football do find themselves at the minute, um, it, it's difficult. And for me, I just wish we just played club football week in, week out. But sadly, UEFA and FIFA need all their millions and back-ended Backhanded envelopes anyway, so they need their income. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. It's all about money, isn't it? Maybe we should all become Leninists, not Vlad Vladimir Ilyich, but uh, John Leninists. And, uh, you know, think of a world, imagine a world with no borders, and then we wouldn't have any of this stinking international tripe. Um, Ryan, after that, Watford away, I mean, they're... they're Results, of course, you know, they lost to Leeds United this weekend, uh, yesterday as we're recording this, and they drew with Newcastle before that, that was at home, and then they lost in the EFL Cup, the third round against Stoke City, they lost that at home, and before that they beat Norwich City in a great performance, 3-1, and Ryan, I just think it's, it's, it's typical Liverpool luck that they've sacked their manager, they're going to have a new manager bounce Will it be Big Sam, your favourite, or will it be someone? <laughs> will it be someone else? We don't know. But uh, are you as terrified as I am by Ismail Assar and Co? Uh, we, I think we all have a little bit of PTSD about Ismail Assar and and that three 0 that we suffered at the hands of Watford. Um, I'm not getting the pints of wine and the gravy in yet because it's looking more like Claudio Ranieri than Big Sam. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> It's all right. I'm sure someone will hit the panic button before the end of the season and get them in. Um, I'll be honest, I think they're a worse team now than they were a couple of seasons ago. And we can and should, in all honesty, go and absolutely do them. Um, I think after the Brentford game and after this one, I think there's 
an itching to go and put a beating on someone. And if that starts against Watford, then we'll all be happier for it. We certainly will. And then beyond that, Abdul, beyond the Watford match, we've got Atletico Madrid away. Then we've got Manchester United away. Then we've got the mighty Preston away in the EFL Cup. And then we're back home against a very tricky Brighton. Um, who are really good. I don't know if you know Kukurela, if, if, if you've seen him, Brighton's right back here, or left back, I got left back. He's brilliant anyway. Um, he's really good. He's got great hair, a little bit like Carlos Valderrama, but a bit of a greasier version uh, and a, a darker hair, but he's a, he's, he's really great footballer. Um, uh, I don't know, Abdul, how, how many points you, are you expecting in the Premier League? And do you reckon we can... I don't know, get, go, go, go away to the Wanda Metropolitano and finally give Simeone a spanking, the one that he's been asking for for all of his life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is where our season begins pretty much, I think, after this international break. Um, I think, uh, Jack, you pointed out, talking about the international situation, I think, um, I think we should be expecting to not play Alisson and Fabinho um, against Watford and also against Atletico Madrid, which is going to be a bummer. Uh, but I think we should get through Watford, even if they have a new manager bounce. But I, that, that football club has a permanent new manager bounce. So uh, I don't know what's going on there, to be honest, but <laughs> whatever. Um, so, yeah, we should beat Watford. Atletico, if we win that, that would really open up our season because I think I think that guarantees us next round, doesn't it? of the Champions League or do we need to win another one after that? Uh, well, that would put us on nine points. So yeah, more or less will get us through to the to the next round. It, it probably does guarantee it the way the group's gone actually, but uh, it might yeah. depend on other results. So ideally we beat Watford, we beat Atletico and then we go and beat United. <laughs> yeah, I think the good thing is we haven't lost to City or Chelsea so far, right? If we had lost to them so far this season, I think the title race would already be starting to look a bit long. But I think now that we've not lost to them, we need to go smash United. I think United is the, the match that we have to definitely win. Um, and then Preston, yeah, should go through that. Uh, Brighton, it's going to be a challenge, but I think that would be a statement if we win that. So from our next three Premier League games, I'm, I can realistically see us getting nine points. Um and then West Ham and then Arsenal. Yeah, this is one hell of a run. Honestly, it's it could go either way as well. Uh, I mean, any of these matches, it's a Premier League. But I, I do realistically see us getting at least nine from our next nine. And then West Ham and Arsenal, they could be tricky. Uh, but yeah, from our next, up until Southampton, I expect us maybe to drop match, uh, points in like two matches maximum. I'd be disappointed if we drop more than, if we drop more than four points, basically in the Premier League. Great answer. Great answer. And I like that. I like the optimism. You're saying we can do it. We can win all three of those. Um, and uh, that would, I mean, that would be absolutely terrific, wouldn't it? I mean, as it is, yeah, anything could happen. As you say, we've, we've played seven. Um, we're not exactly sitting pretty at the top, but we're sort of, you know, sitting very comfortably and, you know, we're someone who's, you know, an interesting debutante who might flourish one day into a buxom wench that we can all adore. Um, and on that note, uh, I guess that's all we have time for, uh, especially because I'm hungry. 
thank you very much to all of you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so, so much for joining me. And thanks a billion to our watchers on YouTube and our listeners around the world. I, actually, I had a look at some new analytics from the excellent anchor fm which is which is the host of the of cop on podcast and we got i, I couldn't even count how many countries or, uh whether where we got listeners there were like more than 30 countries where we got listeners so thank you to whoever you are wherever you are really mean it and thanks a lot to to the people with me now jack abdul and ryan it's been more than a pleasure it's been a delight we've got eons and eons of geological change until the next match to digest what we've seen today and um you know we, we may as well just watch mo salah's performance again and again it was delicious and thank you so much all of you oh,